I'm Matthew Gar. I'm the host of this podcast and the founder of Start Station. In this podcast, we talk about anything related to early stage entrepreneurship and innovation. This episode is a founder feedback episode, meaning that we're asking questions to founders who are in the thick of it and might be facing the same hurdles you are with your business. Unless you've been living under a rock these past couple of years, the way we host events has drastically changed, especially events in a workplace. A lot of workers have been sitting behind their computer screen at home and are not in an office where it's a lot easier to put on a good event. That's where Happy comes in. Happy is a startup based out of Washington, D.C. and is currently finishing up their time in the Minnesota Twins Techstars Accelerator. As Happy puts it, they create fun events your team will actually want to attend. Yes, we're talking virtual or hybrid events. Happy sends out experience kits to those attending and even pairs you up with a host from Happy to have a fabulous virtual or hybrid event. Happy makes happy hours, holiday parties, or really any other type of work event a much better experience. As someone who has been hosting virtual events these past couple of years, I saw the value proposition of Happy immediately. Additionally, Happy is an experiential tech company who doesn't have a technical founder, yet they're still producing revenues of over $1 million already. They are living proof they can start a tech company without being technical. With that being said, here's my conversation with Sharon Cow, the COO at Happy. I'm Sharon. I am the COO and co-founder of Happy. Um, I graduated as a systems engineer from UVA and went into ID consulting. Like realized very, very quickly that was not the life for me. Um, a lot of like government contracting jobs since we're based out of DC right now, um, otherwise. Um, other than per participating in the Minnesota Twins Accelerator, but typically at DC, lots of government contract work, and so a lot of basement data centers, and I just found myself at like 23, 24 being like, is this the rest of my life? Like, I cannot imagine doing this for another like 10, 20, 40 years, um, and so jumped into um, the sort of startup world with my first like startup-ish company being Alarm.com outside of the DC area. Very coincidentally, they had a secondary office in Minnesota, so I've actually been in Minneapolis and Bloomington quite a number of times through that company and just really through there, realized how much I loved like being in the startup tech world, but also was very passionate about food tech, um, experiential tech, things like that, rather than you know what the company I was working for at the time was doing, but you know from that learned that I love tech generally. Um, and so set out to build Happy. I met April in like 2018, I think, and she had already started initial concept of Happy. It was like very different um, in that form than it is now, but had this like overall mission that I just like really connected with and was simultaneously like on my own trying to figure out how to build. And so it just like worked out perfectly um, when. I actually met her through Instagram DM. I slid into the happy DM, which is not your traditional founder story, but I th feel like it's one that like works for us. Um, and so now, um, fast forward to today and being in the Techstars program for about two months now, we are actually building a platform to make corporate social event planning more efficient and cost effective using data. So essentially we would be like the outsourced event planner for either companies that don't have that role in house, um, where you know the typical office manager or executive assistant who's already doing like five million things that are part of their core functionality has to now take you know take on, or um, you know in like larger companies entities they have whole expensive teams like 
built to do this planning. And so we think with our experience, all of our data we've gathered and what's out there, we can build a really robust event planning platform. Um, we started, as you might see through a website, with online corporate events and have already just last year brought over a million dollars in revenue, um, really big name customers like Google, American Express, Match.com. And now we're just really focused on scaling and you know building out the automation, the data element. You're the second one I've heard about sliding into like the DMs about like co-found Match. So that's awesome. So I guess, what was that like? Like, why did you even slide into like the DMs? You know, it's funny because at the time I was like really, really trying to figure out the next step and what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to stay in DC. So I was just looking up every like tech startup in DC that was less than 10 employees. So those were like the only filters I really had. Um, and then I was like, I really love like social experiences. I love food and drink. And so just searching and searching and then like randomly happy came up and I found the Instagram and I'm just like scrolling endlessly. I'm like, this seems kind of right. Like this feels kind of good. I like the logo. I like everything about it. And um, I saw a story on the feed and it was like, calling for ambassadors. Um, we're really looking for ambassadors to come out, like show us a good time, like come to these venues, like enjoy their happy hour, whatever experience. And I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. Like I wanna be an ambassador. And so I reached out um, to be an ambassador and immediately April responded, which I did not realize it was her at the time because I thought it was bigger company and it ended up just being like her and sort of somebody else. And I was like, this response is amazing. She apparently thought my response was amazing as she told the other person who was with her at the time. And then I ended up emailing being like, hey, like I wanna be more than an ambassador. Like I'm actually looking for a job. Like, is that something I could get? I'm like, this sounds very much like dating in some ways. <laughs> um, and just like really like tunneling myself in. And she was like, yeah, like I can hire you, but I don't have any money. Like to be very transparent, it's just me and you know, this engineering guy and that's it. And some ambassadors. So like, you can come on, but it'll be a free gig. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's fine. You know, at the time I was like financially stable and I was able to support myself. I had some savings. And so I was like, okay, like maybe I'll take a risk. And this seemed like a calculator risk to me because I had imagined I was gonna set out on my own to build this platform that I was envisioning at the time. And that seemed like way scarier. So like having someone who had kind of already established something who also had quit her job as a corporate attorney to take this on just like felt right. And we like complement each other very well. Like we're very, very different people. We think very differently. She's very much a lawyer. She deals with like sales, marketing, legal, um, that sort of avenue. And I'm very like operationally mindseted, like very like, how can we be most efficient, most effective, cut costs? So it's nice. It's like a really good balance. Love that. All right. So we're going to put a pin on that because that's going to lead to a different question later on. But I guess, you know, you mentioned happy to like April started happy in 2019. I guess like that's like prime pandemic, like pre pandemic world, which feels like forever ago now. Um, so I guess where did like happy come about? Like what are like wh what you mentioned a million dollars in revenue? Like what are some like the key milestones you're going for right now? Or maybe like what are like some recent accomplishments? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, April actually started happy to I think early 2018. So this is like way pre pandemic. It was a consumer facing app to find essentially experiences that fit you. Um, it started with happy hour, so that's like what it was in web form when I had found Happy, and they were about to launch a mobile app. And so I rolled on to help with that launch and to like find venue and vendor partners and also just like anything else I could help with, which was which happened to be everything because it was a very small team. And so we together launched the mobile app and things went very well until 
you know, classic co-founder story. So the other guy that was on the team was the, the CTO at the time. Um, we ended up having to let him go. And so we were like, what do we do now? We have this app. There are users on it. We also have vendors on the other side. So we have both sides of the equation. But now we can't grow. And this app is like kind of shitty, like for what we've built. And so we didn't know where to go. So in some ways, the pandemic was challenging for us, but also like saving, you know, saved us a little bit um, in that it really forced us to think about what we were good at and what our overall mission was and how we could still bring that without having like an actual like developer on the team. And so we started ideating and realized we're really good at connecting people. We really care about experiences. And now we have both sides of the equation. So we started our pivot to the online experience world where people would hop on, buy a ticket, and join the virtual happy hour that a bartender that was displaced from their home venue you know, would be paid for. And so it was a good way to like pay them, support that community, while also providing like a fun time, whereas the rest of the world was pretty dark because we were going through a pandemic. And so that is how like this whole updated concept was born. Then we started realizing the B2B world needed this even more than consumers. Like consumers are definitely a little tougher to target and market to, and they're very specific in what they want to spend their money on. The B2B world, we realized like we could tackle really easily. We have great connections. We come from that corporate space, so we understand their needs. And to be completely frank, is the money maker. It's how you make good money. And so we pivoted into that world and it just really took off from there. At the time, we were like pretty much leaders in the space. There were not a lot of com competitors, which now I feel like there's a ton. And so um, just really went down that path, opened our own warehouse and fulfillment center, shipped kits. That was like a huge milestone for us. Like we had no experience in supply chain and fulfillment. And we started in April's basement and we now have a warehouse space, you know, like the first box is actually shipped from my kitchen, which is a whole other mess we can talk about if we have time. But that was a huge learning experience. And so that was a big milestone. Um, you know, sales to some of these like big name companies like the Google, Facebook, um, American Express Match, like all the top corporate law firms, like that was a really big deal for us too, big milestones. And now our big milestone is, well, I guess first it was getting into tech stars was big for us. Um, and now our biggest like milestone we're trying to achieve is like how do we scale what we're doing now to accommodate not just online experiences but also in-person events and now we want to move to the subscription model and we really tested out this like virtual event planner model um kind of similar to like a modsy or havenly and so we think it makes the most sense for us to scale off of software in that piece versus like our fulfillment warehouse shipping um, actual in-house piece, if that makes sense. So that's kind of like our biggest milestone we're looking to hit and we're looking to like raise off of demo day and all that good stuff. So a lot of big changes coming up, but exciting. That's all really exciting. And the, like, I know the transition going to a warehouse, like even my little bit of experience with like product and shipping it, supply chain is way more complicated than you ever think it is. Like even like little trinkets are a huge deal. So totally, that's awesome. So I guess you mentioned a little bit like this coming back in person sort of with the, like, the pandemic, like maybe ending. Um, so like, you know, how how do you see this future of events like moving forward? Like how are at least maybe how are you picturing it internally a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I think the future of events is going to be a mix between in person, virtual and hybrid. It always kind of was like that. And I think like the pandemic pushed everyone towards the virtual world, um, which we're big believers in, obviously, because it's a very easy and 
efficient way to bring people together, but we don't think it takes the place of in-person gatherings. Um, at the same time, we're seeing more and more distributed and remote teams, right, like all over the country where there's maybe no centralized office even. And a lot of leaders of these companies are struggling to figure out how exactly they can keep their teams engaged. Like a lot of these people haven't even met in person. And when they do have any sort of virtual event, it's not really like a, a thought out planned event. It's in some ways feels like an afterthought. And this is what we've heard from clients of like, all right, let's jump on. Everyone bring your own beer and let's like talk about something. And then it's like awkward because there's your boss like leading some like random happy hour and everyone has their own drinks and some people don't. And so it's not really thought out. And so, you know, we really think that the virtual spaces continue to play a big part, especially like a planned virtual experience with ship kits, not just like jumping on a happy hour. Then that's just supplementary to the in-person event. So that's why we want to be part of both. To go a little bit more into like this updated model, I think the overall like what we're looking to do with our platform is to be able to curate events that really build into a company or a client's company values and culture. So we're not just having these events just to have events, they're meaningful and they help further cultivate a values that a company sets when they come to us and they tell us they want Happy to be their virtual event planner. Um, and so we just think the, the best way to achieve that is through a mix of different event types, especially if the company is distributed. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And as someone who's been on those virtual like holiday gatherings and whatnot, like totally get the awkwardness of like just like showing up and like, what are we talking about? I totally understand that. I can relate to that. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. So you've mentioned Techstars a few times. Um, so you, you are right in the smack dab middle of being in program. Like, why did you decide it was the right decision to join an accelerator? And of all things, why join the one that's affiliated with the Minnesota Twins? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, number one, like the time was just right for us. It was a period where I know it sounds cliche, but like we just had gotten into this like rhythm and groove with our existing online experiences like we had established a very solid business and a very solid team to support those operations so we knew that it was time for us to like take the company to the next step and we knew that it was a time where we could actually part ways with the company in some ways because again the team was there to like take everything on and have everything run smoothly so that we could take happy to the next level. And we wanted to scale. We didn't want to just forever be like a successful small business. Like we wanted to be a very like big name, like software platform that everyone just like knows and says and uses. Right. And so, um, you know, that that's the first part. The timing was just right for us. Um, in terms of the Minnesota twins piece, we, we really started thinking a lot about just like our experiences and our expertise and what we had already built. And we realized that what we're building now for company teams and clients could be very applicable to sports teams and their fans for fan engagement. So um, as we continue to kind of grow and scale, we're, we're excited to bring like our expertise in ideation, creation and planning for both online and in-person events to include those new sectors such as fan engagement. And so I, I think you know that that's why it just kind of made sense it just like opened a whole new avenue for us that we didn't even think about prior and the minnesota twins are like amazing partners too as we've gotten to know them and meet their team they're a great first sports partner because they're very innovative they're very forward thinking they care a lot about fan engagement and being very creative about it it's not just like all right like let's send our fans like you know a random box with a piece of swag or something like they think a lot about like what the whole picture looks like and so that makes them a really great partner for us as well so all in all the accelerator just made sense for us all right let's go back to the question that we kind of hinted at a little bit earlier 
you mentioned like that you're the co-founder and you're the chief operating officer or CEO at Happy. So how did you and April decide on your roles? Like what was your approach? Like what is your approach to the division of labor at Happy? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly pretty easy and natural since she had kind of started the concept before I rolled on and she just naturally it seems to fit like the the task list of a CEO better. Um, I, on the other hand, have always been like an operations freak and I care so much about like how things are run and they must be efficient, even like my everyday life. Like, you know, my office is down upstairs and like, if I even like need to make a trip downstairs to do something, I need to make sure I'm doing like six other things simultaneously so I can really like optimize my time downstairs. I know it's like crazy. And so it just like really naturally made sense. And I've never wanted to be in a CEO position either. Like for me, I'm actually like pretty shy when it comes to public speaking and to being in front of a crowd. So like this is fine, but like a crowd is like too much for me. And she's like a very natural pitcher. Like I feel like she's really good at fundraising and all that so it just really made sense um and what i like to say is i keep the company running while she keeps the company moving forward so everything on the like moving forward end of like sales like new experiences maybe direction we kind of work on that together and my wheelhouse is literally like team operations supply chain warehouse product um everything that just like keeps what we're doing running love the way you put it I think I can definitely relate to like the operational side because that's how I operate too. It's very like I'm doing I time block. I'm doing I learned a lot about Notion the last few weeks. So you mentioned team and it seems like the team at Happy just keeps growing. Like every time I go on your website, there's like new people on it. So um, there's a, like what, you know, there's currently at least the way I have it, is there's you in April, a team of nine and then like a whole bunch of hosts and mixologists. So how have you gone about like recruiting? What is a good hire at Happy? It's interesting because like I've mentioned a bunch of times, like team is literally the most important part, I think, of any startup. Like I think it's such a make or break part of it, other than obviously the founders. But if you don't have a strong team to support your business and literally treat your business as their business and their baby too, it's not going to go well. And so we've been like very fortunate to have made some amazing hires. So I just like to start off with that. Um, it's really grown and shrunk, but overall we're on a trajectory of really growing and figuring out what roles we need. Um, hiring is really fucking tough. Um, I realize that it's pretty impossible to hire good people just by their resumes and cover letters. So I don't know if anybody solved that problem yet. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right place. Or maybe this is like a good like entrepreneur idea for everybody or anybody out there who wants a new business. Like how do you really figure out if someone's a good fit for your company and if they're a good hire? Like a lot of our best hires were actually referrals of people who had not a ton of experience in exactly what we were looking for. And they're probably, their resumes they sent are probably resumes I would have passed up on AngelList or whatever site. I would have been like, what is this? Like, this is not a good fit. And so that's a tough question. I think we've just gotten very fortunate. And I think the biggest part is reading like that person's interest level in the company again versus just like wanting a job or, you know, thinking happy it is fun or whatever they think it is, like genuine passion about what we're building. And I know everybody like says that in an interview, but I feel like in some ways you can really tell who means it and who doesn't, who's done their research. And so like when you start asking more targeted questions, if they're like, oh my God, happy is just like the best. And then I'm like, what's your favorite part? And they can't even like name something specific. I think that's pretty obvious that they haven't really done like that deep digging research. Um, and so 
that's super important. And then hiring someone who is like an entrepreneur, I think is the word, right? Who really takes full ownership of every project that they do, of everything that they do. And they actually treat it like it's like their own business within the business. And they just like run with it. There's not this hand-holding. There's not like me going on a sauna every day being like, I have to sign this person all these specific tasks and like mark it on their calendar and micromanage them. Where I'm just like, this is your job. You know, we're in a startup. We're trying to stay organized. But the, the you know, the reality is like sometimes management drops off a little bit and I, I take full like responsibility for that where I'm like oh my god I haven't talked to the intern for like weeks but like if he comes back to me he's like oh like I know these were our goals and this is where we're going from like stand-ups or whatever meetings like I did all these things to go in that direction then I'm like okay this is like an entrepreneur this is someone that's like really really like a good fit on the team because I don't need to hold their hand every step of the way <laughs> Hiring is always a weird place. And I think definitely right now, right, there's all these weird hiring dynamics with like labor shortage and like even like people wanting remote more and like some companies can go remote, some companies can't. And then also like, yeah, like you mentioned, like you can't just like read a resume at this point because a lot of people are even changing careers with the pandemic. So you can like read the resume and be like, well, they're a fit here, but like that's not actually what they want either. So it's really hard to even, you know, adjust like, you know, what are they passionate about? And other people too also don't always show their excitement about a role all the time. Like they might have it, but they, they're just not who they are. So like I get like, yeah, it's a totally difficult situation on, on all that. All right. Last question I have for you. Pricing is always a bit tricky. It's even more tricky when you have like physical goods and shipping costs and things are always a little bit changing as physical goods are changing the prices and even shipping is changing the prices. So how have you approached pricing? Like, do you have any advice to others like about pricing? Well, as you said, pricing is a huge pain in the ass, um, especially when it has to do with shipping. And as people probably know, or maybe they don't, shipping costs have freaking skyrocketed in the like last few months, years, pandemic times, which totally makes sense. Um, and even with our like negotiated pricing that we have with UPS, like it still really affects our margins a lot. And so that's been really rough for us. Um, shipping delays in weather and just like COVID labor shortages have also impacted us a lot because we're like very events based right now and all the kits we ship have to arrive before the event. We are on a very tight timeline and any impact to these kits um, in terms of shipping is gonna like overall really affect the experience for the client and so we often have to make these decisions last minute to ship like two day or like three day which like even like ups the price more um, over time i think what we've learned is like it's really important to again look at the data and build different formulas for all of our different kits to ensure that a kits arrive you know adequate with an adequate amount of time before they're supposed to arrive and b depending on like what you're shipping like for us we occasionally ship fresh produce like just like citrus stuff that's like not fairly non-perishable but we need to make sure they arrive fresh right you can't be shipping something that doesn't look and smell and feel fresh so like formula building just really looking at all of like the different like um, factors that go into shipping is super important for us um, my like biggest piece of advice is kind of a no-brainer, so I feel bad even saying this, but like it's just keeping your margins as high as possible when you're doing shipped goods because there's always going to be tiny things that you don't account for, kind of to your point, like you said, you dabbled in product and just like the tiniest little thing can really affect um, just like your costs in a really big way. Um, and so like we ran into this a couple weeks ago where for a client we promised that we could like 
you know, ribbon wrap a couple of their their kits that we were shipping and or, or presenting them. And we were like, okay, like we'll just like make sure we like make you know the the margin we need from like the labor and the materials of like doing this gift wrap. But then we didn't quite realize, and we weren't thoughtful really enough about how much time it like takes to gift wrap something so like it just like labor costs like shot up tremendously and there's also a lot of me doing hands-on work too and so it's just like very little things that like you think you think of but it's always going to cost more so like definitely build in the best margin you can um without you know scaring all your clients away totally i think you can also get away with that a little bit more with an enterprise where it's not as like pr- like price there's a there's a there's an economics term for it that I cannot pull out in front of my head right now, but like it's they're not as sensitive to the big like the big pricing like you know a few dollars like you know, Netflix changes right for a consumer it's huge but for like enterprise it's not as big of a deal. Exactly, so it does depend on you know if you're B two B or B two C because like again when we found out from our B two C folks like we were charging like ten dollars for like a ticket to jump our virtual event the minute we try to charge like fifteen we lost a ton of people and so. Five dollars doesn't seem like a lot, but it's like kind of like, all right, I could use that five dollars maybe somewhere else for a snack or like a drink or something. So they're like, never mind, I don't want to do this event. Whereas for corporate, we've been like, actually, this is going to cost like a thousand dollars more. And they're like, yeah, great, no problem, don't need to get approval, like, be good. So, yeah, I was mostly speaking for B2B because like they care a little bit less about pricing, they just want things to be done well so that they're like you know, teams or companies are happy with the end result and they want it to be easy and hands off. Like that's all they care about. And then they're like, all right, we'll spend whatever money to like achieve those things. Totally can relate to that a little bit too in my own like Yale work. So I totally get it. Um, all right. So where can learn people learn more about happy? Like, you know, what would you like to like as last thoughts on happy? Well, um, definitely check out our website. We are updating it to be um, a better representation of our updated concept, but like you'll still get a good feel of our brand, how we are, what our team is like, are about. I think really like would just like to to say that we're in a period where we're like really scaling and looking to learn a lot about how we want to like build the next Everbird product. And so if you're a company that is like a, a fast-growing startup or if you have a fast-growing startup that you should come to happy for you know your event planning needs and not just like as like me trying to like sell it but also as customer discovery because that's something we're like working really hard on is like figuring out what product everybody actually wants and so um, right now our target segment is like a lot of these series a and b startups that are in fast growth mode where if you're a ceo or you know someone on the exec team you're like, I've now like built this company with a very quickly growing team. I have no idea what to do with my team. How do I like retain my employees? How do I keep them happy and engaged? That's the problem we're looking to solve. And we're looking to work with, you know, some of these companies on figuring out the best way to solve it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Start Station podcast. I hope that this was helpful. If it was, I would love if you can write a review wherever you listen to this podcast. And in that review, write how it was helpful. Your feedback and reviews make this podcast better.